In partnership with Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our PaizoCon Online 2023 seminar coverage. Hey, welcome to the Mysteries and RPGs panel. Uh, one of the last panels we're doing at PaizoCon, so there may be a little bit of punchiness going on, but we'll <laughs> our best. I'm James Jacobs. I'm uh, the Narrative Creative Director for Pathfinder and my mysterious and companion. Yes, and I'm Jason Keeley, a senior developer on the Pathfinder uh, rules and lore team. And this is actually my first panel of PaizoCon uh, 2023, so I'm, I'm 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 more eager to go than Punchy at this point. Yay! That's good to know. That's good to know. All right, so uh, we've done similar panels to this in the past, uh, like horror and RPG, where we basically mm -hmm. talk about how do you do a specific genre as a RPG. And I was thinking we didn't want to do horror again. We've done that a couple of times, and um, uh, the idea of like doing well, let's do mysteries, and uh, we got Jason back in the in the in the holster at Paizo. Yay! Yep. <laughs> so let's let's uh, bring him in, and we can talk about how mysteries work. So, um, I guess let's start out by talking about uh, some fun mystery content we've done in the past or present, or you know, for Starfinder or Pathfinder, and, and uh, Jason, kick us off with some some maybe some Starfinder stuff, some mysterious Starfinder yeah. content. Some mysterious Starfinder content. Well, uh, one of the reasons you may have brought me on is because uh, a while back I wrote a Starfinder adventure called The Chimera Mystery, uh, which is the first volume of the threefold conspiracy adventure path. Uh, and that introduces sort of a, a, a bit of a locked door, uh, just a missing person kind of mystery on a spaceship out in the drift. And you've got to figure it out and solve that. And, and uh, uh, you know, it leads to bigger and bigger mysteries as, as uh, the AP goes on. Uh, but in that, I also wrote an article just about, right, it, I think it's just titled Mystery Adventures, which is about sort of this very topic. Um, so if you know if you got that, you can take a look at that and get some some, some good notes. But we'll give you all the, the highlights uh, uh, of what you need to know for that uh, today. Um, but more recently, and uh, Adam, if we could see that first image, um, I want to mention this, uh, the Drift Crisis case files, um, which is, this is the, the lovely cover, where you are members of a sort of a private detective agency sort of getting cases. Uh, it's like there's three cases in the book uh, that can be played, you know, as one campaign or just sort of separately uh, varying levels. And uh, uh, they are, they're good for... Uh, Hunting, it's all the sort of classic noir tropes in this one, I think. Uh, you know, you've got missing, you got a little missing person, you got a little bit of a uh, uh, missing item that you got to track down. Uh, it's got some, some, some good fun in it. And um, uh, that's, that's, that's the more sort of the, the most recent Starfinder mystery that you can ch go check out. Uh, James, what about the Pathfinder stuff? Oh, you, you're muted. I should probably. Normally don't mute, but I was drinking root beer and uh, pro tip <laughs> for when you're doing uh, seminars, don't drink carbonated beverages when you're on stream because you're going to be burping the whole time. So anyway, <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm, I'm professional back. again. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing with um, mysteries uh, that I really love about in RPGs is it's a way to get your players like involved in the storyline that isn't necessarily about you like, Will I or won't I succeed at rolling an attack roll or or something like that? They got to engage their brain, and and you can see here I got wall of Call of Cthulhu stuff all here. It's it's, it's a genre that I just love playing. Um, the most recent mystery thing that I've been working on lately is is the upcoming Adventure Path Season of Ghosts, which is coming out mm -hmm. later this year in October. That's a four part Adventure Path where um, it's it's kind of horror themed, set in the nation of Shenmin, and there's a lot. Not only are there a lot of like murder mystery things that your characters are going to have to uh, untangle and dig through and, and sort through, but the adventure path itself has got a lot of mystery in it. There's some some plot twists and the like that I'm not going to spoil here because they're pretty in, intense. Yeah. But each of these four volumes, you're going to be uncovering a like a kind of a, a big surprise that carries you into mm -hmm. and informs the next adventure they're going on and going on. So it's kind of a fun way to build this escalation of you, you solve one question and that just makes a bigger question arise. Like, okay, we, yeah. we found the mysterious killer in this one, but they work for a mysterious conspiracy. And then uh, you solve the conspiracy and you figure out, Oh wait, this conspiracy is being, being fueled by something from another planet or another reality. And, and it's just sort of this growing uh, uh, complication. So, and that brings me into, I mean, 
Oh, if we can skip that next image, uh, that's sort of the type of thing when we're building adventures. It's like trying to sort through all the different clues and, and uh, uh, tie in all the different things together um, so that you have an adventure that player characters can navigate and solve. And one thing that is really, really tricky is is you don't want to make your mystery so complicated, you know, that there's right. no way for the players to basically figure it out. Hi, Bigby! Um, <laughs> that's that, my uh, dog you, barking <laughs> back down, sorry. That you, you don't want to make your adventure so complicated that they'll never figure it out. Uh, one thing that I really like doing with uh, mystery adventures is um, setting up, you know, a bunch of different potential ways for things to go forward. Like I'll have the initial mystery and I'll have the final solution of, of the mystery. And then there'll be like two or three different ways you can navigate to that, that solution. You know, you can follow up on like, so let's say it's a murder mystery. You can follow up on like investigating the different uh, murder sites and, and then like finding clues at each one of those, or you can do something along the lines of like speaking with the dead or something like that. They'll have different avenues you should get to. Um, one thing actually that I found works really well and it's kind of tricky is if you present the initial mystery and you know basically how it's going to end up, you mm -hmm. just turn the player characters loose on there and they start making up clues and finding connections <laughs> you didn't realize, you know, and then you can true, say like, yeah. oh yeah, that's true. The window was left open and there's, it's on the third floor. So maybe the villain did fly. Maybe you should go outside and look around for clues like that. And you initially had a plan like, oh, it's just a dude who snuck in, who hid in the closet and snuck out of the middle of the night. But this player character is like, got up this thing with, with flying. It's like, okay, now the murderer is going to be like a mothman or something that can fly around and all mm -hmm. of that. And uh, in the background, you're changing the nature of the villain that you're, you're, you're going to eventually reveal to the party. But when you do, if you do it tricky enough, you know, and you build off of what the player characters have been kind of building their own solution to it all, the ultimate result is really, really satisfying to the players because they mm -hmm. feel like, oh, we figured this out because we're smart. And we, we picked up on your super weird, obscure clues. And it all <laughs> ended up being right where it was going to be. And you're like, yeah, you guys really knew what you were doing. And that, that yeah. sort of play really makes it easy for you to build a mystery adventure because you basically only have to come up with, you know, the initial mystery and then have just a big stack of stat blocks and monster books handy as you need. So what about you, Jason? <laughs> no, What's your I, favorite I, way to set up? Um, I, I do think it's important to stay flexible, like you mentioned, uh, for when you have it, because I am a, I guess I'm a little more of a planner, uh, when it comes to mysteries, cause I like to present, uh, um, kind of impossible situations, uh, and, and having an idea of how they're done because, you know, it's sort of like working backwards from, from what the, what the, what the mystery is. And then like, and then working that to like, oh, you find someone who's, uh, uh, dead in a garden. Uh, but there's no uh, footprints around them whatsoever where there would be because the soil's really soft um, and, you know, there's no visible wounds on them whatsoever. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's because they fell out of a hot air balloon, right? And just fell into the, or like someone, you know, I I, I, uh, I ran a, um, it was more of a, a, I wouldn't say it was called Cthulhu style, but it was set in the sort of 20s and 30s kind of like time period in England where it was like a, uh, during a sort of a magician stage show where they they meant to like appear, you know, step into one, uh, casket and then immediately step out of another one that's like 20 feet away but the, when that happens is the the, the the magician does that and then falls out of the other casket dead and you're like that, that kind of stuff is sort of present that oh the players are there when the, the murder happens right um that's always a great to sort of then 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 again sort of let them loose figure see what they they get and stay inflexible but generally what i like to do is you know do a sort of a relationship map from the what the who the victim is to a bunch of suspects and how they're related and how they could all maybe have a motive or an opportunity or means to do the murder or do the crime right um and and draw lines around with them and who's connected to who and then you know a lot of these people they have them have their own particular secrets so that when the player is sort of like gets fixated on one character they can be like well why are they all shifty oh it's because they're embezzling money from their company and they don't want you to try to dig it any deeper and that's why they're being evasive they had nothing to do with the murder of course you just sort of uncovered another crime um that had nothing to do with the main crime but then that uh, uh having that uh, uncovered sort of provides that person with an alibi for the actual murder you know it, so th so these sort of relationship maps that i like to, to to draw out do look a little bit like Lim's uh conspiracy board uh but you can always again sort of like you said stay completely flexible on on all that if someone says well what if you did this and that, oh that sounds just as plausible or even more plausible than the thing I came up with, because, you know, I'm not, uh, uh, I've, I've 
written a couple of mystery adventures, but I'm not like an experienced mystery novelist or anything like that. Right. Um, so it might be better and it might make the story better. And you can just kind of like look at your relationship chart and maybe erase a little line there, draw another line or erase a note, draw another note in there. And then you're, you're good to go. Yeah. That's, um, that's all great advice. Another thing too, that I like to do is, um, well, I mean, the whole concept of feeling forward, I guess, is important to keep mm-hmm. in mind for mysteries yeah. too. And because uh, one way you can crash your mystery adventure right to the ground is to have the key clue that players have to find yeah. out be locked behind a skill check and say, like, in order to find the, the missing key, they need to unlock the door. They need, say, a perception check. And if nobody makes that check, suddenly, you know, you're stuck. I mean, this a lot of the older Call of Cthulhu adventures have this issue where uh, you have to make library checks to find these key handouts that then lead you to oh, new yeah. clues and down new pathways. And if nobody makes that check, then you're, you kind of are in a case where it's like, well, nobody figured it out here. Spend another day in the library and roll again and spend another day in the library and roll again until somebody finally yeah. makes it a success. And that's, that feels less like a mystery and more like, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it's not as satisfactory. So yeah. feel, by feeling forward, what I mean is um, if the player characters succeed at something, obviously they'll get a clue. And if they succeed, I mean, the, the Pathfinder four degree of success uh, works really well mm-hmm. uh, for this regard. You know, if they're successful, obviously they get a big clue and a bonus going forward. If they critically succeed, maybe you give them, allow them to skip a clue entirely or give them a clue early. Uh, if they fail, you should still give them that clue. You know, basically say that, uh, well, you're not sure why this person is, you know, dead with no no visible signs of, of a murder happening, but there's a bloody hammer on the ground. And, and maybe the clue is like, you got to go to the hammer store next. And so you won't, <laughs> the player characters won't know that this, um, this bloody hammer, you know, killed the, the, the person and they, they tried to hide the, the blood or whatever they did, but they'll still know to go forward. And then if they critically fail, that's where you could basically set it up like a false lead. That's a great place to put a false lead and say something like the bloody hammer, yeah. this obviously fake blood. Maybe you need to go to the fake, fake blood store instead. But since critical failures in this uh, Pathfinder system are relatively rare, you're not going to, you almost are never going to have a situation where everybody in the party critically fails at this check. So at the very mm-hmm. least, even if somebody fails, they can keep going forward. Um, what is, is there a similar sort of uh, method you like using in your games, Jason? Like maybe, I don't know, yeah. Starfinder or other games entirely? Well, just, in, just in, yeah, just in general, like if there's, um, uh, you know, not hinging on that single clue, maybe having like two or three different clues that people can find that all maybe lead to a sort of similar uh, uh deduction right or multiple paths to that one deduction right if you're talking about skill right. checks it's like whether or not um is it perception to find a find a piece of missing information or are you uh, then sort of like got a uh, uh, stealth and then sneaking behind someone to notice them doing something suspicious or is it diplomacy to try to like talk someone who talk to you know a, a neighbor or what have you witness something suspicious and all of those those paths might lead to the exact same clue or the exact same deduction uh, but um, it's it's handy that you have those multiple paths so that you can either do a fail forward or do it just sort of like oh you failed at this particular skill check maybe there's other skill checks you can check um, another another way to sort of like stop that blockage of of mystery is uh, to do the thing uh, that I, uh, I believe Raymond Chandler used to say uh, is that when uh, a bo- you know a mystery sort of bogs down uh, have a guy kick down the door with a gun so. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, it sort of lead to just to throw throw in an action scene, right? Uh, and while while all the players are maybe sort of like uh, getting a little, I don't really, I'm tired of making these skill checks, and I'm tired of trying to figure these things out, or maybe I'm getting a little distracted from by one thing uh, that isn't relevant whatsoever. You just you kind of can throw in an action scene. It's like the hired goons come in to try to kill you, you uh, and and they're you know, they when you when you when you defeat them, they have a bit of information on them and some way they maybe they they say oh no we were hired by this mysterious man who hangs out at this nightclub or whatever or uh they're like a uh like an industrial accident like quote unquote accident happens right uh and the players are put into some sort of danger and then they can sort of like oh well that seemed awful suspicious and inconvenient maybe that is a clue and they can go check out oh look hey the, yes this has been sabotaged and here's a little like you know, matchbook or something that leads you to that same nightclub or whatever. So there's different ways to sort of get to, to 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 get players sort of back to not necessarily to the one solution, but to something that you know what's going on and, and get them to a place where they can find something satisfying to, to to continue to move on. Otherwise, like you said, you know, it's just like, well, you're stopped for the day and you got to wait till tomorrow to do this, and it doesn't get. It's not as interesting. You want to keep that that uh, uh, narrative moving, right? 
I think the um, the interrupt the the searching for clues with an action scene is actually a kind of a brilliant solution, honestly, because um, if you've got a situation where the players are trying to find clues and they keep failing, and they're, they're, the players yeah. themselves are going to start getting frustrated, and uh, exactly. by having you know the, the goons break in the door, suddenly you're saying, "All right, well, suddenly you've taken so long looking for clues here that you know somebody's noticed, and now you got to fight." And once the yeah. fight starts, you know, you can just throw in some stats and then things are going and the players are now engaged in this new situation that's going on. And while they're all, you know, thinking of what they're going to do on their turn, you as the GM have breathing room to start, you know, like figuring out how are you going to do this and keep mm-hmm. the plot going forward? You know, maybe you you are frustrated that they didn't find the hidden, you know, envelope with the, the letter of, you know, the next clue inside of it hidden in the bookshelf. Yeah. And like you said, once they defeat these enemies and they search them because of obviously they want to, you know, take their stuff, that's when they find that yeah. letter. And uh, to the players, that doesn't feel like, you know, a cheat. It feels like, oh, there was never really any clue here at all. And, and this whole, you know, played out kind of the way it was supposed to. So that's a really, really good way to, to handle that sort of thing. Um, another thing, too, with mysteries is that uh, you want to make sure even when the player characters get to the end of the adventure or the final scene, et cetera. Uh, you want to make sure that there's sort of a way to kind of tie everything up. And you don't really want to do like the, mm-hmm. the, the villain monologue type thing. But um, uh, you were mentioning earlier, Jason, before we started here about the the villain who explains what's going on. How, does, how, yeah, does that, how it, do you do that? Um, it's, a, I mean, it's a classic TV trope. And uh, I sort of like have this third image that shows sort of a a uh, you catching someone in the act essentially of the next murder or whatever or or basically saying yeah finding the bloody knife on their person and being yes i did it and i killed it and here's why and i do it again like it's 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 such a, a a classic thing that that uh happens in a lot of you know mystery movies and mystery tv shows because audiences need that closure right and and in a way your your players are part of you and, and yourself are you know sort of part of this audience of of this mystery in all in ways uh, so essentially uh, 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 when the players have figured it out to to their satisfaction, and maybe like accuse someone of a crime, and you're like, "Hey, that's pretty good enough. They've got sound reasoning. Uh, it could happen." And this is, or, or it's the the person you thought it was going to be. If you're if you're you know uh, 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 haven't changed it, and you can say, "Yeah, yeah, they stand up." I mean, this could lead to another fight. Right? This could be another action scene. They either run away and you've got to chase them that's an obvious sign of guilt right or they pull out a gun or a knife a sword or whatever and start stabbing and shooting you know what have you that's another obvious sign of guilt you don't doesn't have to be necessarily like a monologue uh but it but just sort of anything that sort of says well they're they're caught and they're going to try to one last desperate chance to get away or or kill the people who found them that is a, a pretty clear indication to the players you got the right right person generally um uh, uh you know you can always this can always throw in red herrings and, and extended mysteries and whatever but for the most part uh, uh you want to have the that that have the have the culprit kind of being like eventually saying you got me i did it um and so that the players can be like yeah we figured it out and we got them um and then you can get the chance to beat them up or 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 take them to jail or, or what have you yeah. um so yeah. uh i i think it's important to have that 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 resolution uh, come into play eventually uh so that uh, again you know like an audience of a of a it's the thing it's like you know when you're watching murder she wrote and the and the person is like yeah i did it and like if that person had just actually stayed quiet the you know jessica fletcher has no real evidence on on them so they they really they're just sort of digging their own hole but you know it's a 45 minute tv show and you need to have that closure yeah it's 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 important to uh to wrap up those those loose ends one thing that i often do in an adventure especially when i'm developing a long form event like an adventure pad or something like that so I'll try to make sure at the, the near the not at the last encounter, but near the end of, in the the final chapter that there's some sort of there's an NPC or there's a library or there's you know some sort of like oracle or something like that that the player characters can find and to reward them for mm-hmm. you know spending time exploring the area a little bit more. Uh, build into that adventure, say like this oracle uh, knows a lot of what was really going on, and rather than have them basically say this is what's going on and have it be like a bunch of box text set that up as a a resource the players can use to ask their questions you know you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know as a gm what the player what all the players are like you know maybe confused by or or still intrigued by and having them say well i want to ask them about that there was that weird green bird Mm -hmm. we saw trapped in in the one room and uh 
Nobody ever figured that out. What was going on with there? And then you give them, you know, a role or, or whether it's, you know, a perception or a diplomacy or whatever. And then you can either say, well, that, that was a false lead or that was, you know, mm-hmm. tying into like the green uh, bird slasher that you, that you encountered back in the third adventure. And it's kind of a way to just wrap things up into a nice, neat little package so that there's not like some sort of... So that when the players are going into that final encounter, they're not still like, well, we never followed up on that green bird clue. So that's right, I yeah. always felt uh, an important thing to, to include in there. Um, you had anything else you really wanted to cover in, in like mysteries? Uh, one, one of the things that we, we do uh, want to do here as well is, is open it up to folks and do like question and answer stuff. You had anything else you wanted to cover, Jason, or...? Yeah, well, while people are thinking of some questions, I want to sort of hit on a, a little bit of something that you mentioned is that obviously magic uh, plays a big part in both Pathfinder and Starfinder, and and, and that opens up a lot. It, a lot of people might say that, oh, well, magic makes mysteries mon- mundane or, or, or trivial, right? And I don't think that's the case. I think you, you have to know that in, in a world in which this stuff exists, clever criminals, good criminals, who, who are going to be the ones you want to have your players face, right? Are going to take that kind of stuff into account, right? They're going to have. There's always ways to sort of uh, not necessarily, but you don't want to necessarily block things outright, right? Uh, you can have like you know, if you're going to say, oh, the you know the people have speak with dead. Well, they might go to the the, to the corpse and uh, ask them who murdered you. Well, of course, the murderer was wearing a cloak or or came from behind, so the the, the victim never saw the murderer, but. You should give some kind of. It shouldn't be a complete blockade there, right? There should be some kind of. Oh, I smelled a perfume. I uh, I heard a, a unique laugh or a, a bird song or something like that, right? Um, to give them the next step, right? But uh, uh, that adding that magic, that are the, taking into account all the magic, and uh, uh, you were mentioning oracles too, James. Like oracles speak in weird riddles oftentimes, so they might give you some information, but it's going to be cloaked in simile and metaphor and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So having magic as part of the uh, the setting is. Uh, I, I think uh, something you need to, to to take into account, but not try to do a completely non-magic, you know, not that to shut that yeah. stuff down because it, it's it's stuff that the players have invested their character in, and it it adds the you know it makes it more rich, it makes the 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 experience richer. Yeah, and especially since if you're building a, a game for your your own group, your home group, uh, and mm-hmm. you know what their characters are going to have access to, exactly. you honestly should should. So if you know somebody can speak with that or, or, you know, commune with the stones or something like that, you should set it up so that the only way these clues can be discovered is if the player characters make right, use yeah. of their abilities. That way the, the players come away with like, of course, no one solved this mystery because we were the ones that had the resources to right. do it. So, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so just as in this next image, which is one that I really like, where we've got uh, uh, our investigator looking into a mystery that is like, what is what is the purpose of this this thirteen hour clock on the wall? There's a dead body here. There's all sorts of clues going around. I I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> so I assume everyone in the questions. in the audience has questions too. So yeah, let's go to that. Let's see here. Uh, and, and first of all, I'm going to mangle some of your your Twitch handles and all that stuff. So, <laughs> Janet Extenicist, for example. Uh, how do you handle <laughs> mysteries where the answer is is super set ahead of time because it's a building block for a later part? Um, is the answer just don't do that in tabletop RPGs or is it stay flexible? How would you handle that sort of mystery, Jason, in a, in a game? Yeah, sure. Say you need the murderer to be the Baron, right? Because the Baron is uh, part of a cabal of secret, a secret society that's all throughout the country's nobility or whatever, right? Um, um, you can set that ahead of time. And I think that's okay to sort of know who the murderer is. Uh, but if there are certain things that like you can't, but also stay flexible, the, the answer is both in a lot of ways. Um, I am a big proponent of, of, of improvisation when I, when I GM. Uh, and so I, when I do, you know, mysteries are the one thing that I sort of plan out the most. Cause I like them to be kind of like satisfying to me. Uh, improvising a mystery can be a little tricky cause it sometimes ends up a little bit like, you know, all, a bunch of loose ends that you didn't know were there and oh shoot. And they don't tie up and everyone is sort of like yeah it was fine but whatever but um the 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 uh uh in general i do do a lot of improvisation but you can say like oh the baron did the murder uh but maybe the baron has a secret shapeshifter or something like that you know like taking the sort of what james uh, uh said earlier like oh only the person who could fly or, or or climb like a spider could reach the window to get into the locked room to murder the you know the the innkeeper or whatever um you can and, and you had a, something else in mind that you know, they, they just climbed up there with a rope, but there, but but some other clue that you, some other nit, 
detail that you weren't thinking about is picked up by the players and oh, it had to be a flying person. And we got to, yeah, you, you, there's a lot of ways that you can still be uh, flexible around a, 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 a kind of quote unquote fixed point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, point. yeah. So uh, what do you think, James? Um, I agree. I think that um, if you're, if you're doing a full on campaign and you, you're, you know, the, the current mystery adventure is mm-hmm. just like, this is just the adventure. Uh, I think that, Having a story planned out ahead of time, I think, is super important because you, as the GM, need to have a through line through this whole thing. If you're not doing something like, yeah. if you're doing a sandbox, then it doesn't matter. I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think staying flexible is the, is the big big thing for me. And um, you know, even if uh, um, you have to have that murderer be the Baron, and something happens in the adventure, place that like maybe the player characters get a crit on that Baron on some sort of you know hail mary arrow shot, bang, the Baron's right. dead, and suddenly you're like. Hmm. So, and that's where flexibility comes in. So maybe it's not the Baron, maybe yeah. it's the Count, or maybe it's you know the the evil merchant that they they you know swindled earlier, or whatever. So here's a fun mm-hmm. question though: uh, How would you handle a secret role style murder like Clue, where one of the players could be the murderer? Um, that's uh, that's one that I don't really know how we would handle that in a published adventure, because to a certain extent, that sort yeah. of needs buy-in from one of the players, and that's tricky too. You got to really trust your party, yeah, yeah. your your table. And all the players need mm-hmm. to trust each other because that sort of, you know, having a player plant in the group is a good, every time, a lot of times I've tried that in my own uh, gaming history, it's, it's ended up with, you know, party strife and arguments and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think the best way to handle that is to play games specifically built to, mm-hmm. uh, to portray that type of thing. I know there's a fair amount of RPGs that do that. Is any come to mind, uh, Jason or gosh, do any come to mind? Um, uh, that well, is a there's good... that, that party hmm. game. Werewolf is, is the one that bumps into my well, head yes. immediately. Right. Yeah. You, you go play among us, um, mm-hmm. is the answer to that. No, um, uh, <laughs> there, 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 I'm sure there are at least one or two games out there. I mean, there's definitely board games out there that are that, that kind of do that kind of thing. But there's got to be at least I one think, or two sort of smaller games. I think there was a there was a game of um of uh, Dread. I think I played at one point where because when you play Dread, oh. you start out and you have to you have like a your little sheet of character uh, information, and so like you yeah. as the GM could basically hand out like you are the it's a murder mystery on a train. Say you're the conductor, you're the ticket taker, you're the engineer. You're a passenger, mm-hmm. you're a stowaway, and then all of those things yeah. are in there. And one of those will say, you're also the murderer. And then um, when you're playing the game, as you start going, everybody's looking for uh, uh, a clue. And with, with Dread, you resolve everything by taking a, um, a step out of like the Jenga tower to see if you or succeed or not. And in that case, um, you could have something on that piece of paper saying that if you are the murderer, then... Um, you at any point can knock the tower over to murder a player character that is onto you. And, and, uh, <laughs> well, that's you interesting. know, yeah. but, but you, you won't say it on purpose, you know, like you will say like, just stu- subtly like screw it up if you're falling it. And then that'll be a signal to the GM that, you know, okay, suddenly this other character gets murdered or something like that. But again, that sort of thing, I think really requires a lot of trust among the players to like Indeed. be able to, to handle the fact that this is a game and not actual people, kind of betraying actual people and uh, honestly that yeah. that 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 kind of scenario isn't necessarily sustainable over it's maybe for for a night for a one shot or or for like yeah. a, it, there's always the it's a similar sort of thing where like when you have any kind of adventure and you want to have one of the players be secretly replaced by a doppelganger or or a, you know a shapeshifter of some kind right you can sort of talk to the player and be like, okay, for, for a little bit, or you're, they're possessed by a ghost, right? Uh, you want to like, I'm going to, I'm going to give, take you aside and tell you something secret or give you a secret chat over discord or something like you're possessed by a ghost. Now, you know, be pr- pretty much 90% normal, but like, uh, uh, you feel free to like do a, B or C. Um, and, but really that's the sort of thing that, you know, will eventually come out pretty quickly. Uh, players want to help each other generally, uh, so that they will be like, we got to help save the person or like, even the player playing the possessed person isn't necessarily going to be like, now I kill everybody. Um, Cause that doesn't end to, you know, it doesn't end in anything fun <laughs> for the, for the whole group. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, it is it, again, yeah, very tricky. Something you need to kind of like, Hey, uh, ahead of time, like maybe in this scenario, you, you guys, something weird might happen with one of you. So uh, uh, telegraph it a little bit ahead of time. So that, that sense of paranoia is actually there and actually heightens the, uh, uh, the effect. You know, the, the game that I'm uh, immediately just sort of came to mind was of course, paranoia, uh, right. which is a game right. in which, Players kill each other all the time, but that's built into the thing. You have multiple clones that sort of can take over when you're done, right? Uh, and it's um, 
that that's becomes the fun of the adventure. And it, it's going to, when you do something like this, it's going to override everything else you're doing for for a little bit, right? The adventure in the dungeon is going to take backseat to the fact that one of you is now, you know, against the rest of the party. Right. One thing that I found works pretty well, again, you need, you know, a group of players that trust each other and are okay with this. Um, and you want to not, you know, train wreck your entire campaign yeah. is to go with this sort of doppelganger or Apple replacement or whatever sort of plot you want. Uh, I did this at one point in, um, I was running Serpent Skull uh, way back when, and Rob mm-hmm. McCurry's character uh, got dominated by uh, uh, one of the creatures in secret. Nobody else mm-hmm. was around. He like snuck off and got mm. himself dominated. And, and uh, I took him aside and say, okay, you're dominated, so they want you to do this, 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 this going forward. Uh, but eventually the group is going to figure it out and be able to save yeah. you. Um, and every once in a while, I, I will, ha- I had like, I guess a secret, like I'd, I'd rub my nose or tug my ear or something. And that would be an <laughs> indication yeah. to Rob that he could roll a new saving throw to escape this effect. And oh, um, I told him, it's like, you have to follow the orders, but you can, you're still fighting back and, and, and uh, mm-hmm. you can try to follow the orders in ways that maybe set up clues to the other players to figure out what's going on. And uh, when he did that, I'd, I'd give him the signal or whatever, and he'd roll a save. And eventually he made a save before people figured it out. But but once that happened, it, it went from a case of, oh, geez, Rob betrayed us, to, oh, geez, Rob, is, uh, his character is a victim. We need to save him. And then that suddenly allowed Rob's character to come in and once they rescued him and, and give the next clues like, oh, there was this, remember three sessions ago, I fell asleep in that, that weird um, temple <laughs> that we were exploring? While I was asleep, I was, you know, I was mind controlled by this ghost. We got to go right. back there and fight the ghost. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you build? Uh, this is uh, Divine Highland. Uh, how do you build that kind of flexibility uh, that we were talking about into a published adventure? Um, I'm not sure really you do. I think that's really where we have to lean on the GM. You know, what, yeah. one thing that we try to we we over uh, describe what's going on. So like. In most games, maybe this this evil general is just somebody you encounter in room seven A, and you fight him and kill him and take his magic sword. But we will often give like a paragraph or two about that general's background and all that sort of information mm-hmm. and clues and stuff like that, so that if the GM does need to be flexible and maybe say, "Oh, the player characters accidentally killed the murderer, and I still need a murderer to do things," they can go with that general and use that that yeah. information we gave them to to go from there. But you have any 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 ideas or suggestions there, Jason? Aside from just lean yeah. on the GM. I mean, there's you can give the GM some 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 short, brief sort of cues of how of things that you can be flexible with. Um, and uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, is the murder? Did they find the murder weapon under the bed? No, they didn't. Well, then the murder weapon's hidden in a, an event. Oh no, then it's it's they don't find it there. It can be one of these three locations, and whatever the the PC sort of look the, look the most, they find it, right? So you can do that pretty quickly, add a little bit of flexibility in there. You can throw in like sort of like those sort of kick down the door events. This this can happen at point A, B, or C, but it should happen in one of these points. And then when they, when it, it, and point C is sort of the desperation one, like when they're out of ideas, throw this event at them. Um, no matter where they are, what happens? And then you can sort of, yeah, it, right. it does involve, you know, there's, there's, there's some things in, in pre-written adventures that do lean on the GMs to sort of, you know, ha- have figured out because they are meant to be kind of like good guidelines, really, really good sh- structured skeletons for the for a GM to kind of because uh, you know we don't know their we don't know a GM's group. They might have some some tie-ins they want to do to oh, make the person's uh, this character's brother this NPC right that you know and mm-hmm. and and they can they can, that they can add a, you know whatever dialogue that might occur right. We're not going to be able to write that, but uh, uh, yeah, mystery stuff is going to be a little little trickier. Uh, but yeah, yeah, writing yeah basically having a section where we say here's what the person did uh a a timeline of events sometimes we'll do that too right like if the pcs do nothing the villain does this 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 and this and then so the gm can kind of like know like oh pcs missed all this other stuff well at, at you know at, at midnight the 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 npc is in in this location and i can sort of steer the pcs to that location to get them there to see the final blood sacrifice or the the second murder or something like that right right uh, Yoda ate my head. Asks a fun question. What if one of the players makes a deal with a demon and effectively becomes its pawn? Uh, I don't know why Yoda ate my head would ask that question. If it's actually, I know exactly why. Um, oh, no. Did that a, happen? A, 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 yeah, there was a game I was running where um, 
the player characters had to to survive a four stage gladiatorial fight in this underground city, and by winning this mm. fight, the idea was that they would you know impress the rulers of the city and then be able to move forward in the storyline. And and by impressing the rulers, they would learn what the entrance. I think it was like where where to go in the next dungeon level or something like that. Sure. So they had to win this fight. And I set up the fight basically as four stages. The first one was like a super easy one where the player characters won automatically. The second one was supposed to be kind of a tough one. Third one was supposed to be a really tough one. And then the last one mm-hmm. was supposed to be sort of like a uh, uh, over-the-top one where there was going to be um, a revelation. I think that like one of the people they thought was their enemy was going to jump down in, into the fighting pit and help them out. And uh, that would be the person that would then give them the next move they needed, you know, kind of help mm-hmm. them escape. But the party rolled horribly in that third fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kept uh, rolling ones and twos and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, we were looking at a TPK with, I think, two of the player characters were unconscious. The, the party's uh, cleric was, uh, I think, held or something like that. People, everybody except for Mark's character uh, was out. And mm. I knew that I had this plan of having somebody jump down and kind of save them. It's like, well, what I'm just going to have them have happen is once Mark takes his turn, and uh, at the end of the round, I'm going to have this this NPC jump in and save them and then bust them out. And it just happens one round, one battle round earlier. But Mark uh, didn't know that. And yeah. and he wanted to save his party. So he basically went up to this, the, the final demon that they were fighting against in this fight, uh, um, a treachery demon. It's a treachery demon, Mark. It's in the name. Um, <laughs> and uh, he basically said, hey, I'll be your minion if you save if you if you fight for me and basically help us break out of here and that was delightful so i think i handled that in a because demons are telepathic so that whole thing happened mm-hmm. in like a, a case of where i took everybody aside and and, and i gave like i think the, the three unconscious characters i had them have like weird visions and dreams so they thought mm-hmm. they were being taken aside to get weird clues for the upcoming plot took mark's character signs like okay yeah that sounds good um there will be uh, favors that you have to do later. And I told Mark as well, it's like, you're doing this of your own free will. And he's like, yep, I'm doing it. It's like, well, you're, you're chaotic evil now, not chaotic neutral. So do with that as, as you will. And Mark, to his, his credit, just ran with it. He, he did a really fun job playing this. Like, he was a more evil version than he was. He was already kind of evil character. But, um, <laughs> um, Surprising. And then this demon, Bezalak, was like, all right. And, and I didn't really have much of a plan in mind because I, I hadn't been thinking of this happening, but I was like, okay, well at some point in the future, I will ask a favor of you type thing. And then the mm, adventure yeah, went yeah. on from there. The fun coda to that is that I was also at the time writing demons revisited. And the, that book was basically <laughs> every demon who gets this sort of entry. And then there was like a sample NPC. And I put Bezalak in as the treachery demon. Cause I, and as I worked out, Mark Moreland was the one that ended up developing that book. And he got to that chapter <laughs> and it was all about how Bezalax uh, does these things and all of his plots and plans for what happens if somebody says, yes, uh, help me out. And um, <laughs> so that was a fun sort of way to, to stealthily reveal to the player just how deep <laughs> in it they, they got. Yeah. Yeah. It did let you take assassin levels. That's true. <laughs> so that was, that was a fun, fun time too. I mean, that's also a thing too. It's like sometimes the mysteries, are things that, that the players bring to the table. You know, that mystery oh, yeah. there is like, it's like the rest of the party is like, why did that demon suddenly become our friend? And there was, a, I think for a while, they were like worrying like, well, he's got plans for us and we need to watch out for him. Maybe it's, maybe he's like uh, uh, got somebody mind controlled or something like that. And um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Mark, let me know in chat if, if people, I think people eventually figured it out, but. Sure. Yeah. By the time people figured it out, it was like, "Oh, okay. We we've known you've been evil this whole time. Cool. <laughs> yeah. You stab things really good. So whatever." I mean, um, there's yep. there's nothing wrong with also like stopping a a, a a a game for a minute and and kind of talking to everyone as as players as people and being like, "Hey, this is where this is going to go. You know, does anyone have any problems with this? Kind of do a big check in, right?" And uh, the I think most uh, role players can can kind of separate necessarily separate player knowledge from, from from character knowledge in a lot of ways. So it, it is, you know, you just be like, hey, look, look, we're gonna have this gonna, and this is gonna feed into a, a plot that's gonna be fun, and maybe at some point you'll try to, you know, you'll get to to to, to break this contract or whatever. Um, uh, and, or sometimes, <laughs> like Mark just said, the campaign might just end anyway uh, after a bit. Um, uh, uh, but I, you know, I think I just to get that buy-in. But you know, if if your group is already sort of like 
on on the same level and, and and trust one another you can sort of do it in secret but also it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt to sort of let everyone kind of know and be like this is this is sort of the deal i and i, I you know I, I feel like i've i've let people know that like or you know do the scene out in front of everyone so that the players know and it isn't necessarily a secret secret stuff is fun but you know you don't you don't necessarily want to foster a group environment where everyone is super paranoid and doesn't trust you or the gm you know, the, the players of the gm um uh honestly so uh it, it, yeah uh, don't feel like you need to be super clever and super secret all the time this is a game and we're not here to have fun yep. great advice yeah. uh soon warlock uh do you have any fun advice for when players decide to just go to the cops go to the authorities for solutions yeah. rather than solve it yourself um for me that is uh usually one one way i go with that is is try to set it up so that it's the authorities who ask the player characters to figure it out in the first place you know yeah, sort of set it up so that the the solution needs to be done by somebody who's seventh level, like the party, and all of the authorities in town are fifth level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of you can kind of set that up beforehand. But um, if it, I have had situations before where it's like, um, especially in Call of Cthulhu, where it's like, well, we're yeah, we're the adventure thought that you were going to break into the the uh, mysterious house on the hill and search it for clues, and the whole adventure is written that way. But the player characters or the investigators at that point is like, we have enough evidence to just go to the cops. Mm. And uh, I was like, you do? Do you want to do that? Um, you can do sort of reverse psychology. It's like, well, you could go to the cops. But it's interesting now that you think about it, why haven't the cops done anything about solving this yeah. situation in the first place? Go ahead and go to them, though, if you want. In a lot of cases, you can <laughs> do that sort of thing. And people are like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll do it ourselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, what do you think, Jason? Is there a way you can um, to salvage a mystery when they go do something like that? Well, yeah, you make the cop, like you said, sort of make the cops part of the mystery. Um, they either are like corrupt, like kind of what you're hinting at, or, or part of the whole thing, or like, okay, we go to the cops, we give them all this information about the spooky house on the hill. It's definitely haunted, right? And they believe you. Or you tell them there's a murderer in there, so they go. And then you don't hear anything for like a day. Yes. Oh no! You just got the cops killed, basically, right? Yep. That's a great way. And then, and then it comes like, oh well, well, I guess we did it. And I guess we're the only people who can <laughs> go against the ghosts or beasts because we have the powers, and you know these these town guards or whatever don't. Yeah, uh, so or, it's 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 cruel, but yeah, it, it it gets the job done. Or they do come back, and they're like, yeah, we searched it out. There's nothing there. I don't nothing know what you're there. talking about. And then and half the player characters make perception checks, and anyone makes it, it's like they're all blinking in unison, like. there's something (laughs) going on yeah yeah so i mean that is a little bit you know you got to be flexible you can change it away from like search the haunted house and to like uh track down who's mind controlling the police force type thing but exactly yeah yeah yeah. um so i think we've got a slow spot here in the questions i actually have a question for you jason um oh sure uh i know i've got my own choice here is there a game that you've run uh, for any system that I, uh, mm. you presented a mystery that played out in a way you didn't anticipate that ended up being better than you thought it would be. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, I if you got, uh, I most... can go if you if, cool. The, give me, give me, give me a second. You tell me your story, and okay. I'll and I'll sort of think about mine for a second. All right, cool. The the one that I was just thinking about it was a game I ran at PaizoCon many years ago, uh, back when we did actual games in person before the mm-hmm. in the before times. Yeah, this was a Call of Cthulhu adventure, and I had a, the idea in my head was that uh, the, the investigators are hired to go and go investigate this weird radio broadcast coming out of an abandoned military complex, kind of based on like these number stations stuff. And uh, the uh, idea was that they would go in there, and there's this sort of time travel. Somebody's stuck in there's like some sort of time something going on, and the player characters I had all these clues set out for them mm. to investigate and all of that, and. Uh, it was going pretty well, and I started just throwing in like, all right, people make it. Uh, some people were making spot hidden checks and all that. Well, you see somebody run by, or you hear a voice say, "Don't go in there," or you do this, that, and the mm. other thing. And I was kind of like, I had this weird idea along the way. It's like, oh, this could work out. And I started just taking notes about some of the things the player characters were doing, and uh, and and I managed to set them up later in that session so their characters ended up running by that window. Or saying that exact phrase, <gasps> or doing stuff, so that oh, it would, no. they would slowly realize that when they were approaching this place, what they were seeing that they thought were ghosts was actually them in the future warning them not to come in here. And once oh, the wow. party figured that out, um, I had the monster attack, and I think it ended up being almost a TPK. And people, it, it worked out 
incredibly well. And I'm not sure exactly how I pulled it off, but it was not <laughs> something that I was planning on doing. But it's a case where I saw this opportunity to do something really kind of fun. And yeah. um, it, it worked out really perfectly. So it's it was tricky to pull off. But I think part, I, I've seen some a movie where I think it was Christopher Smith's Triangle has something like this where people are trying to warn themselves about in the that past. Yeah. yeah. So that um, was one for me that I thought worked out better than I thought. That's it a good one. Um, I guess uh, it's a bit of a bit of a mystery. Uh, uh, maybe not as, as 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 creepy and mysterious as that, but um, and the reason I, this comes to mind is because it's something that I ran fairly recently. Everything passed like six months ago. I can't quite remember, but um, uh, it was a it's a it's a it's a game called Court of Blades, and it's a sort of a Blades in the Dark hack that is a little more. Uh, about sort of uh, uh, almost like French Revolution or, or re- not quite Regency, but the sort of like that revolutionary times, less than than sort of the gritty fantasy. It's more Three Musketeers, Dumas kind of like adventures, right? Uh, but the you know, the group it works for a sort of a, a noble house, and then you get sent on these adventures and mysteries and whatnot. And the one thing that I had that turned out didn't turn out how I thought it would was that like, oh, there's a young a young man has come to town, and he's he's maybe got some wild magic in him that's sort of welling up and setting things on fire and he doesn't know what he's doing so you got to track him down and find him and, and and figure out what why that's happening and maybe recruit him to the house or or if if he's too you know gone too far gone and can't control his magic maybe you have to kill him um but they found the kid uh uh and they brought him back to hit their sort of base of operations where they were trying to do like uh they thought he was like haunted by a ghost or something and it turns out he was more or less uh his mother was a witch had been betrayed by another noble house in the family and then went out to live in the country. But he didn't know about all that. It was just this sort of like blood curse sort of welling up on him once he came back to the city, making him angry. And they tried all these things to sort of like essentially exercise him. And I was like, oh yeah, you got to go get some silver thread. And, you know, just sort of, I, I was kind of spinning at this point. I've been like, I wasn't expecting them to fully do an exorcism. I think I thought they were maybe just going to try to train him. But anyway, um, and so uh, uh, they found out, oh, no, that was because his mother and who his mother's uh, paramour was uh, and how, you know, he's like probably like 70 now um, and maybe figuring out that. But then the exorcism check critically failed. Uh, and he's the, the, the young man, he started going, you know, crazy. he was breaking out of like the, the, the circle of salt they kept him in. Right. And then one of my other characters, uh, one of the players was like, he's playing this uh, character who is basically like a, a revenant of sorts like oh he dies and comes back and whatever he you know has a has a tragic history he's like oh can i take the curse on and i'm like oh yes yes you can you can do a thing and you can take the curse into your body and essentially uh, he did that and then and then it's like now you definitely want to go kill this lord and it came to that and they they tricked him this way to, to come up to a top of a clock tower uh and then uh, and then uh, sort of like oh you want to sneak up and stab him and then he critically failed that role so he's like as ah, Forget it. I'm just going to grab him and push him out. And the two of us are going out of the clock tower together. And I was like, yes, it was so it was a real dramatic ending to this, this scenario that I didn't think would have such a dramatic end. Um, and um, ironically, that player couldn't play the next session. So I was like, you guys don't know where his body is when he hits the ground. You know, Because you probably could have survived that because he's come back to life again and again. And so, yeah, uh, it was uh, the, the, the Lord's body was there. And it was like, oh, no, but the, your friend is gone. And I was like, I'm going to end it there for the so that was a fun sort of twist that that again i didn't know where it's gone that that comes to my sort of like yeah a bit of improvisational jamming uh that i like to do cool cool we're coming up on on out of time yeah. for the panel but before before we go uh, uh divine highland asked a best starfinder pathfinder venture to people to try and i think i'm gonna adjust that question a bit and talk about mm. a good mystery themed uh adventure for me yes. uh, i'll do the pathfinder one real quick and Think of one for Starfinder there, uh, Jason. Uh, for Pathfinder, uh, it's one that I know about because I wrote it. It's Malevolence. It's a one-shot adventure for oh, yeah. for, for portable characters. It's a haunted house adventure. And uh, it's there's a whole bunch, just like with any haunted house, there's a whole sordid history about why this place has been haunted. And I really used a lot of the research rules from Game Mastery Guide in that one. So as mm. you're exploring this house... You can start, you know, reading diaries and talking to ghosts and w- looking at paintings and doing all this research to figure out the mystery of why Zarwin Manor is haunted. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you figure that mystery out, that will give you what you need to do to defeat this ghost. That if you don't know any of that information, the ghost is just going to destroy you. Uh, fair warning, yeah. that adventure is is rough. It's intended to be a tough one. Uh, there's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of cases where you're facing monsters that are maybe a little too tough for your group. And um, that's 
part of the, the point of it being a horror adventure where it's like, it's okay to run away from the haunted house. You don't have to do the entire yes. thing all at once. The haunted house is going to yeah. be there tomorrow and the next day. <laughs> but um, that's when I think that uh, would be a good one for you. Even if you just wanted to read it to see how uh, we, we set up mm-hmm. a, a method for, you know, even using dreams to, to untangle mysteries and all that. Uh, what about uh, Starfinder side, maybe, Jason? Um, I can I also have to plug something that I worked on, uh, which is the I think the threefold conspiracy adventure path is pretty pretty good with uh, with lots of mysteries. It it does uh, uh, you know the first one it, I without say, I can't say much because it's it's meant to be about un, un, unraveling all of these conspiracies and it is meant to be this sort of like matryoshka doll of 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 weirdness and strangeness it's got a little bit of like uh, uh some x-files theming to it a little bit eventually uh, uh but most part it sort of starts off with this sort of seemingly mon- quote-unquote mundane mystery um uh that can only really happen in a starfinder adventure honestly uh, uh since it takes place on a starship um uh but without revealing too much i think that that uh I, just today actually uh, I, I did get a message saying that the ending of that first volume is uh blows PC's minds, let's just say. Nice. Actually, yeah. I, I think, uh, Jason, you and I should recommend them play uh, Gatewalkers because we both wrote for that adventure path. What? That's yeah, that's a, that's a fun one, too. That is all yeah, about mysteries and figuring things out yeah. and with yeah. weirdness. I just like weirdness. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming along on this magical mystery mm-hmm. tour of Pathfinder and Starfinder. Um, let us know, like in the feedback and all that, if, if these sort of genre type thing. Well, one of the ideas I had earlier was not just mystery, but whimsy in uh, adventures. You know, how do you do an uh, RPG where it's like everything's fun and happy and, and all of that? Um, romance in RPGs is another one that can get interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, thanks again. Again, I'm, I'm James Jacobs. I'm the narrative creative director for Pathfinder. I'm a social media hermit, as I've been saying. But uh you can usually find me lurking around the boards at Paizo. I'm also pretty active on the, the Pathfinder 2E Reddit these days. And also mm. have a, a Ask Me Anything thread over on the PaizoCon Discord, which is going to be up for a bit. I will continue answering questions there as long as it is around for people to ask questions of me. Great. Uh, I'm Jason Keeley, Senior Developer for the Pathfinder Rules and Lore team. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter. You can find my uh, handle at the bottom of the screen there. And I also have an AMA on the PaizoCon Discord. Uh, come ask me anything, although I think I'm going to be in the very next panel as well. So if you stick around, we'll watch some more of me. Uh, but I'll get to those questions uh, later this afternoon. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for helping me talk about mysteries, Jason. Good times. Uh, I loved it, James. Thanks for Yay. moderating for us. Yep, no problem. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this installment of the PaizoCon Online 2023 seminar coverage, brought to you by Paizo and the No Direction Network. For more great gaming podcasts, visit nodirectionpodcast.com.